Hello and welcome to another podcast right here at manxradio.com. Mark Tiley, the nation station, Manx Radio. This week on MyTunes, I've got a bass player who can act, who's very good at IT, and was born and raised on the Isle of Man, third generation Manx. We know what to call him because he's told me. Johnny G, welcome to MyTunes. Good morning, sir. It's lovely to have you with us. I've watched you play in so many bands over the years, and most recently in what I believe, what I think, and what I know, was the most incredible musical, Once. And we're going to talk a lot about that a little later on. But, Johnny, I want to take you back to school, and when when a lot of us were picking up guitars, you thought you'd go for the bass. Yeah, well, it's kind of uh, I was hanging around with Phil Reynolds and Mark Cleeter, and Phil was playing guitar, Mark was playing keyboards, and it was just they needed a bass player. So I was like, oh well, I'll pick the bass up, and you know, forty years later, I'm still playing it. And how old were you when you when you picked up that bass? Sixteen. Sixteen. Yeah. Did you have lessons? No, nope. no, just got a book and worked out what to do. Oh, so it went from a book. Yeah. Uh huh. And who were the bass players that were in your head as a young man, thinking, oh, I like that. It's kind of weird because I look back now and there aren't that many influences. Obviously, it was Mark King because he was playing all the time. But uh, I'm actually going to give credit to a local guy called Charlie. Charlie's not with us anymore, unfortunately. He paid for night shift. That man had so much groove and the way he played was fantastic. It was just like, I fortunately got to talk to him uh, about five or six years ago and just told him what an influence he'd been to me. It was just it's like meeting one of my legends. Now, bass players and drummers are a bit like buses. They, they tend to come around in pairs. Do you find that when you get a relationship with a drummer that you really just want to play with that person? I'd say it's just easier. You get used to the way they play, um, and you get like a, a mind link with them is the best way to put it. So I, I'm working with Andy James a lot at the moment, and he's great, but I've worked for years and years with Johnny P, and I just love playing with that guy. Yeah. He's just great. I mean, you are the engine room of any band, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, we just sit there and do our stuff so you guys can sound good on the top of us. Well, I don't think so. I think it's got to have that energy and the drive. And just working together. Yeah. I mean, the, you're talking energy and drive. I mean, that's around about the timing of notes and the way they hang together. It's like if I'm working with Jim Horton, Jim's quite uh, ahead of the beat. He's quite a regimented drummer, which tends to make the, dr- the, the beat drive very well. If I'm working with Johnny P, he tends to sit a little bit behind the beat, which makes a really nice groove, and it just grooves rather than drives. So it's about the placement of the timing of the notes and where they fall around the beat. Now, you told me you've been in an awful lot of bands, but uh, apart from what you're doing now, I know what musicians are like. It's always the most exciting thing is what you're doing right now. And I know once was just a feast for your stimulus. Uh, we'll talk about that, as I say. But going back a bit, what are some of the bands that were highlights for you? Oh, Bagode Road, which was the four and a bunch of skankers. Oh, right. Um, pretty much similar sound, uh, similar sound list, really good. Um, lots of ska stuff in there, lots of punk is really good. That was a big one for me. There was a band called Time Bandits, which was one of my first proper bands. It was ridiculed at the time because we were wearing white spray suits in pubs around the Isle of Man. It was ridiculed. But I learned some really good lessons thanks to a guy called Roy Hall in that band. It was, it was a real, real good band for me to be in. Well, as I say, Once the Musical is something I want to talk to you about tomorrow. But for now, we're going to start off our musical week with a bit of Motown. 
Well, yeah, you you look at Motown, it's more only about the vocals and things like that. But in the background, you've got James Jameson on bass, who's absolute epic bass player, and you'd never hear of him. But the entire setup for Motown was a group of guys called the Funk Brothers, and they're the same people recording sessions, doing two or three sessions, two or three tracks a day, two or three number ones every single day. And James Jameson basically invented modern bass playing as a way to think about it. And the track I've picked, Bernadette, is a great example of it. And you get further examples further down the road. Pino Palladino pretty much copies his riff in Forget You by CeeLo Green, which is worth checking out too. Just fantastic. James Jameson, if you haven't heard him, go and listen to him. week on my tunes is a bass player he also worked for the government he also worked for a bank he's now an it guru is that fair johnny g uh, i wouldn't say that oh. Oh, i don't know is it i can tell you i can tell he is how'd you get into the government just came out of school i started working for the lottery office which was quite good got to go around and see people and then i started 
Oh, you're asking me now. I can't. Oh no, I started on the tourist board. I worked on the tourist board for for a long time. Some great things we did there. That was a lot of fun. A great place to work. And did it mean travelling a bit? Or oh uh, yeah, I got to travel to Port Erin a few times. Oh, you see, big journeys. I did actually do a couple of shows. I went to Glasgow, went to County Antrim bike show and things like that. And they were they were great, but some of the local events were even more fun. Do you think we're selling ourselves enough these days? I don't know. I've got to be honest, I don't really look at it anymore. <laughs> you, that's all gone. Yeah, yeah. All gone. Right, let's get back on that bass guitar. Um the hillbilly sound. Yeah, this is I love rockabilly. It's one of the, it's one of my favourite genres of music. We've brought down the music uh, down the blues club a couple of times. It's been great fun when we do it. Um, the band's on hiatus at the moment. We're just too busy to do it. But it's just high-energy punk with a double bass kind of thing I like doing. And it's really good fun. Um, yeah, there's not much you can say about it apart from, you know, once I actually got to play some rockabilly bass in it, which was quite good fun. Well, absolutely. Once, a dear listener, if you saw once, don't worry, we are going to talk about it, but we're going to tie it in with tomorrow's tune. Let's talk about playing the bass and, and that sort of rockabilly sound, because I was reading, little rip, moments in research are never wasted, Johnny G, and I was reading about what makes people drink beer, and apparently country music is the best rhythm and, and rockabilly is the best beer drinking music, something to do with the tempo and the way it works with your arm. And you can check it out yourself. I'm going to have to look at that. It is very good drinking music. I mean, generally, it's just root fourth all the way for me. It's like root fourth, root fourth, root fourth, and then you'll change up a fourth or something like that. So it's, it's fairly simple for me. But I can see why you'd want to be able to drink beer to it. Yeah. And have a few snacks, maybe. Uh, do you get a chance to look at the rest of the band and enjoy the, the band you're in as a bass player? Sometimes you do, sometimes you do. Sometimes I can be a little bit busy um, with what I'm doing. I... I tend to try to be the best player I can every single time I'm playing, um, which tends to make me very focused on what I'm doing. Um, but when I come down to the Blues Club, I can just calm down and have a relax, listen around, see what's going on, and just have some fun, and that is quite good. You know, you look around, you, you watch you, stood there on guitar, smiling away, and that's quite good. <laughs> always have a laugh. Yeah. Always, oh, well, I always enjoy it if nobody else does. <laughs> now, going back to technique on the bass, because, you know, I've, I've worked with various bass players, I've seen them do all sorts of things, some slapping it with their thumb and some just playing with fingers. Some, in fact, probably one of the most famous bass players, uh, Phil Lynott, in, in Thin Lizzy, you used a plectrum quite yeah. a lot of the time just to keep that sort of, yeah, almost a percussive beat going there. You get a lot of attack with the with the plectrum. The first thing you initially get is that big attack from it, and then the the waveform calms down a bit after that. So you do get a very percussive first note to it. I mean, if you're talking slap bass, that's all about percussion on that one with the notes as a secondary. Um, if you're talking slap on a double bass, then that's even different again because you're actually using your whole palm to slap the bass on that and pull the strings in a different way so there's various ways of doing things but percussion is part of it you know we are very very linked to the drummer and do you vary your uh, technique depending on which song you're playing or, yes. or genre yes and um, in the 80s band i'm playing all kinds of things so there is some slap bass being played i'm playing quite a bit with plectrum because it's right for what it's doing and there's a couple which have a flanger on them as well and if you use the edge of the plectrum you get more in the flanger so you need you get to get the emphasis on that that'll be a pedal Yes. Yeah, okay. Let's have a little bit of rockabilly. Who have you got for us? We've got the Hillbilly Moon Explosion. Um, I quite often go out and just look for unusual kinds of music to see what our band can do. And I found these guys, and they were doing a track called Call Me, which I like. 
And then as you go down the rabbit hole of what other stuff they do, I came across this track and it's one of my favorite tracks ever anyway. And the version they do is absolutely fantastic. I hope you guys enjoy it because I do. I love this track. And what's it called? It's called Jackson by the Hillbilly Moon Explosion. tunes to get stuck into what for me has been the musical event of the year possibly of the decade and i don't say that lightly if you missed the musical once you missed johnny g riding his bass like roy rogers on trigger unbelievable performance the whole show was jaw-dropping johnny how on earth did you get involved in that uh, i was conned into it <laughs> i completely conned into it um I like doing shows. They're, they're great to do. Um, and every now and again, someone will say, will you audition for this? And it's generally, I, I got asked to do it by Dave Holland. He said, 
you should audition for one. So, okay, yeah, I'll do it. He said, talk to Sarah, his wife. So I, I talked to Sarah, and she said, yeah, we've got the musical auditions in the morning, acting parts in the afternoon. She said, do you want a character role? I went, yeah, 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 that sounds like a good idea. Not actually knowing what a character role was. She said, uh, so we'll do that after the music. I said, great, that's fantastic. So I went upstairs and said to Helen, who's former West End ASM, and I said, something about a character role. And she said, great, I'll help you with your lines. And I went, lines? What? I'll have lines? Went, oh, yes, you'll have lines with a character role. It's like, oh, no, oh, no. My memory's just not good enough for this. I'm so used to reading charts and things like that. Because normally you'd be in the pit. Yeah, I've got a chart. Out of sight, just busy playing away. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like, I can't. I don't even know if my memory's going to be good enough for this. But she said, no, no, we'll be fine. We'll work on it. And I was thinking about the whole evening, and it was just like we were gigging that night, and I was just, I really don't want to do this. It's so far out of my comfort zone. I'm a bass player. I'm not all the other things. And I just, oh, no, no. It's, I'm uncomfortable and happy doing it. And my mind just went, no, if you don't want to do it, you have to do it. And it's like, I said that to Dave Dawson the next day. He said, great, let's get you doing it then. So... I read for a couple of characters. I read for Svek and Andre, who are the Czech characters, but I couldn't do the accent. Uh, but then we started to do the Irish one, and, and that felt more comfortable to me and more natural. So it was, yeah, and then a few days later, they said, yeah, we'd like you to do Eamon. It's like, okay, here we go. So let's see what happens. Eamon, who ran the studio. Yeah. 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 Well, it was a perfect fit. So just for my information then, that role wasn't necessarily tied to the bass player in the show. No, it, the, the bass player should actually be Andre, who was played by Jack. Okay. So they had to. There's a little bit of juggling around. So in the studio scene, um, where if I'd been Andre, I would have been playing bass, uh, and he would have been the studio director. So basically, he was playing my bass. So we, we worked that one out. I think I should explain in case you missed uh, the musical once. First of all, I'm sorry you missed it. It was exceptional in every last detail. All the people on stage were not just acting, singing or playing. They were doing everything. There was no orchestra in the pit. They were the orchestra. They were the show. And you converted the whole gaiety into an Irish bar for most of the time, which was much appreciated. <laughs> very, very good. But you weren't the only one in that show having to take on uh, new challenges. I mean, so many people took on things for the first time or had to up their game. I mean, as I said... Uh, I felt like I was cheating. I've said this to the cast so many times. All I did was play bass. Yeah, I had to do a little bit of acting. But I just maintained I was just pretending not to be me. I just happened to be pretending to be an Irish guy. Um, we got people like Chloe who learned to play accordion because she doesn't play accordion. Kelly, who had to really step a violin up. Drania, who doesn't play piano, learning to play piano. Jeff on the drums. Everyone did something really exceptional. Me, I just played bass and stood in it a few times. It's... You know, I'm going to play down what I did. They were just next level guys. Well, I'm tracking down a lot more of the cast, because you can imagine, to do this. And when we get Lorcan in here, I want to talk to him about his migration from being a classical uh, tenor singer to being fundamentally Ed Sheeran, for goodness sake. Oh, yeah, Lorcan. What? A, I'd never really chatted to Lorcan before, and we were just larking around at rehearsal one day. And the, they had this harmonium thing which he played in, in North Strand. And... We're doing a show at the time. We we're doing Dick Barton Special Agent, and Nessa Dormer was in that. So Dave Kilgallen starts playing on this, this this little thing. Don't know what exactly you call it. And Lorcan just starts singing Nessa Dormer, and it's like, holy moly, how yeah. good is this guy? Yeah. Lorcan's voice is phenomenal, yeah. and he's he's no no mean player. No, he's a great player. He's, he's very nice, and he's a very nice guy too. Very pleasant well, guy. Well, we'll get him on as well. But let's talk about the shows, and you're going to give us a show tune today. But it's not from once. No, no, this is one of my favourite show tunes. Um, it's from a show we did in 2013, and the backstory is: four weeks before the show, I managed to dislocate every single finger on my right hand. 
almost. You know, How? Fell off a ladder. Oh, no. um, and it was literally, we, we did the band call two weeks before the show, and I wasn't even sure I was going to be able to do the show. It was that bad. But as the show went on, it kind of, my hand got better, stronger and better and faster. And it got, you know, it's not perfect, but it's not like it was before. But at least it was, at least it was right. And this particular song, there's some stops in it. So probably the last show I did with Peter Mitchell on drums. And you'd, you'd pause for about three quarters of a bar. And I'd just look at him. He'd look at me. We'd grin like lunatics and off we'd go again. It just kept on happening and happening. That link between the drum and the bass playing, just having fun when you're doing it. Talk us into it. So it's You Can't Stop the Beat from Hairspray the Musical. Sun in the 
bass players. They are a rare breed. However, in Johnny G's case, it was the bass from the word go. 16, you told us, and you jumped yep. on that beautiful instrument and you've been playing it ever since. I have to thank my parents. They actually bought me my first bass and I've still got it. What was it? What is it? It's a Hondo Pro 2. Uh, Robbie Sampson's got it at the moment for doing some studio work. Hondo. Yeah. Nice bass. Very nice bass. Very nice. Japanese, yeah? Yep. Um, it actually, Ricky Simmons did some work on it as well. It put a, uh, yeah. It's got an ebony fingerboard on it, moved the bridge. Lots of work on it. It's still a great instrument. Yeah. You are versatile. And you're also very happy to jump in when needed, pretty much anywhere. Yeah, you, you're, you're, somebody's missing. You're there. Yeah. You're in. Yeah, uh, is that something you enjoy doing? Yeah, it's kind of like it's the musical skydiving. You're never quite <laughs> sure what's going to happen. Um, I jumped in this year for Nova, which is great. I, those guys are fantastic. But it was such a change for me because there's a lot of disco, very bass orientated. And normally you jump in, jump into a depth gig, and it's like maybe, you know, a couple of days work to do it. No, that was. 40 to 50 hours work to be capable of stepping up to what they did and to sit down with George beforehand who's a great guy um, and going through what they did and what they did differently but then you do it and it's like I've got the notes now so I can drop in with them a week later I was depping for Skankers which was great you know you just get these varied gigs and every now and again you'll do something you weren't expecting someone will give you a track you've never heard of before and it just it just opens opens your mind to the other music which is out there things you wouldn't have listened to or wouldn't have played or wouldn't have found on your own would you had the door opened at the right time have said bye bye government bye bye britannia uh, building society goodbye synapse and disappear off on the road there was actually a point where i was earning more from um i was doing cabaret gigs at the time i did 10 years of doing cabaret and where then, uh, well there's actually i was in the resident band at the palace at the time okay so we were doing fridays saturdays and sunday lunches and i was getting more from that and i was like shall i shall i shall i and i stayed where i was because i decided i like music the way it was where it wasn't my main meal ticket so music's it's about the passion rather than having to earn money i think that's the big thing for me it's i can enjoy it and not have to worry about it i can just you know if it all stops tomorrow I don't have to worry about paying the bills. I guess it does change the focus when you know you, what, what you've got to be out there and when it's not happening, you're not feeding yourself. Yeah. I mean, do you think... I was counting the gigs up this year and I'm already up to 70 gigs this year so far. Um, we've got to run shows coming up. I'm in Greece. Uh, that will open on tonight. <laughs> <laughs> tonight? It's just, yeah, we're opening tonight with Greece. That's going to be great at the Gaiety. And it's like... You know, I'm averaging maybe 120 gigs a year, which is a fair amount, but it still wouldn't keep the roof over my head. No. If you could be in any band, any style of band, for for you know, and, and go out there, what sort? I mean, because you've talked about so many genres, what what would it be? Oh, you've got me there. Um, I I mean, I love playing rockabilly. I, I love the physicality of it because it's as much it's as much about playing music as the physical skill involved in it. It's you've got to be fit and strong and healthy to do it. And I was for a while racing mountain bikes just to be physically fit enough to play the bass. Um, and that would be great to do. Or a soul band, or an 80s band, or a you, jazz band. Or <laughs> just knock on his door and say, we've got a gig tonight. Your man there, Johnny G, will be there. What are we going to finish up the week with? Well, this is one of the tracks I got through Depping. Um, I got I jumped into the Chris Winchester band a couple of years ago, and they, they, they said, this track here, uh, Nathaniel Routliffe and the Night Sweats, and I'd never heard it before. And I just, I love this band so much. They're such a great band. The album this is taken from is great. There's no bad tracks on it. Um, but yeah, I love this one. And I especially love the intro to it, which if you know me, you'll understand from his first words. 
fair dues. Here it is, then. We'll have that to wrap things up. Johnny, thanks for coming in. Have a great run in, in Greece, and we'll catch up again soon. Definitely. Thanks for having me, Mark. appreciate it. The game's up. You're surrounded. Come out with your hands on your head. Goddamn. I need a drink. I'm gonna need someone to help me. I'm gonna need somebody's hand. I'm gonna need someone to hold me down. I'm gonna need someone to care. I'm gonna ride and shake my body. I'll start cooling out my hair. I'm gonna cover myself with the ashes of you And nobody's gonna give a damn Son of a bitch Give me a drink
Thank you, Johnny G. What a great week it was on MyTunes. And thank you for joining me, Mark Tiley, for the latest MyTunes podcast. They keep coming, you know, and loads of others do as well. At manxradio.com, home of the best podcasts on the Isle of Man. Be back soon and catch me if you can for the morning show, 9.30 to 12, with Shaw, Isle of Man.